0: Good morning Hope Church. Alan here this morning. I trust that you're all staying safe and you're all keeping well. just want to share a few thoughts this morning with you on the subject of wisdom based on Proverbs chapter 4. I'm sure that over these last few months we've all been praying for wisdom for those that are making decisions in our nation. How to get our children back into proper education in the schools after so much time away from their normal learning. How to get people back into work after their jobs have been put on hold for so long. How to get the economy of our nation back on track again. So what is wisdom? Job chapter 28 verse 28 says, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom and to shun evil is understanding. Now sometimes we have the general idea that someone who knows a lot is wise. We sometimes have a picture in our minds of an old grey-haired man uh, surrounded by books in his library. But that's not true. Knowledge isn't wisdom. We can know about something without understanding it. We know that the sun appears in the sky in a in morning in the same place, but perhaps don't understand why or how it does it. We can know how to use a computer after a fashion, but have no idea how it all works inside. Wisdom comes from an understanding of the knowledge that we have, using the knowledge to do something. We put plants in the east-facing side of our garden to encourage them to grow but not to get scorched. We know that the early morning sun is warm enough to help them to grow and to uh, nourish them. But then as the sun gets hotter during the day, it would scorch them if they were in the full sun. So we use the understanding of that knowledge to put them in the right place. Matthew chapter 7 tells us of a man who understood that sand when it gets wet is very unstable and so he built his house on a solid rock. Solomon, he knew that a mother would do anything to preserve her own child. When two women were arguing about who was the real mother of a child, Solomon used the wisdom and the understanding that he had, that a woman would do anything to preserve that child, and so he judged that the child should be killed, knowing full well that that mother would rather give her child away than have him killed. So what is this wisdom that we're exhorted to obtain? In uh, Job we read that it says that fear of the Lord is wisdom. But what is fear? Sometimes we have this idea that uh, fear is to be afraid of something. Um, sometimes our children when they've, they've read stories uh, are afraid to go upstairs in the dark at night because something that they read might be lurking under the bed when they get upstairs. But that's not the fear that the Bible means. It's not that sort of fear to be uh, afraid and make us apprehensive about God. But it's to understand that God is righteous and he cannot tolerate evil. And this leads us to a, a respect for an awesome God who wants to have a real relationship with us uh, and not a fear which which would alienate us from wanting to get anywhere near him. For example, we can have respect for electricity and that respect leads us to a happy coexistence. We're we're quite happy to use it. But if we're afraid of it, then we're afraid to do anything with it. We're afraid to change a plug in case we get something wrong. So, the understanding gives us the wisdom to have that respect for what's around us. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. It's not to be frightened of what, what he's going to do, that he's going to stamp on us if we get out of line. But it's to have that respect for him, that he is awesome, he is righteous, and he wants to have that relationship with us. So let's let look at some of the points that this chapter says about wisdom. First of all, why should we seek it? Verses 9 and 10 suggest that it will give us a longer, easier life if we have wisdom. It says we'll have a crown of splendour. Chapter 16, verse 31 says grey hair is a crown of splendour. And normally we associate grey hair with uh, people that uh, are older uh, in life. If we've got hair that can go grey. Verse 12 says, Our walk will be easy. Difficulties are overcome if we're walking in in His will. Chapter 3, verse 8 suggests we'll have health and strength. Uh, Our health suffers when we're struggling against adversities and we get tired when things aren't going right, when we're struggling to get things done. And so, if we have wisdom and we show wisdom, our health and strength would be better. This isn't to say that we'll not have any of these things. We must be aware that if we seek to be wise and to gain wisdom, then the enemy will try all the more to stop us. He'll put things in our path to try and deter us from getting closer to God. Chapter three, verse seven points us to him. It says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't use our own thinking and our own wisdom, but to look to him for where we should be going. As I mentioned before, problems will still arise, but we don't have to face them on our own. There is someone who will come alongside us and help us. Verses 14 to 17 tells us some of the things we will avoid if we don't walk on the pathway of the wicked. It says they can't sleep, they're stressed out, Their life's in turmoil, always striving to do evil. They're always trying to satisfy themselves. And evil's not things that we'd normally associate with really bad. It's not causing, committing murder or robbing banks and things like that. Evil is anything that is against God's law. These things are food and drink to those that don't love God. And don't we see that people are always trying to find something that will satisfy them? They're going from one thing to another. They don't have any peace in their lives. They're saying, what's it all about? They've got no real purpose in where they're going. And that's what walking down the pathway of evil does. Not seeking God's wisdom. We're just striving for our own self-satisfaction. Verse 18 and 19 gives a contrast of the two different ways says the righteous way gets brighter. It reveals more. As the sun rises over the horizon to full daylight, we gradually see more of our surroundings. When I was at work, I very often used to travel down the M40 towards London uh, very early in the morning. And as I was going down the motorway, uh, travelling to the east, gradually the sun would start to rise at the end of the motorway and it would gradually get brighter and brighter until it was fully daylight. So then when we're first saved, we see the first light of dawn when we get, and gets brighter as our walk gets closer to Him until finally the full light of day when we see Him in glory. And we're not going to see that full light until we're actually uh, with Him in heaven. But our walk with Him should gradually get brighter and brighter day by day. So the wicked's way is deep darkness. They can't see what they're doing. They're blinded by the things that make them fall. And we know that uh, people can't see anything wrong in what they do, in stealing, in immorality, drunkenness and violence, etc. These things are becoming more and more acceptable in our society. And in some cases, even our laws are being changed to encourage them. Satan is convincing people that they are on the right path and that these things are okay and it's normal to go down that road. Wisdom causes us to shun away from that and to go on the other pathway. Secondly, now that we're convinced that we should have this wisdom, how do we get it? We need to listen to those that have gone before. Listen to a father's instruction. One who has done it before, as learning a trade from a master or father to a son. In verse 4, it tells us, Listen to what I'm teaching you. And that's like the apprenticeships in the workplace, isn't it? We learn from someone who's done it before. Someone who's gone down that pathway, who knows all the tricks and all, all the ways to do things uh, in the right manner. We need to learn learn from those who have gone before and prove the way is true and sound. Those who have started great works for God in times past, like Wesley and Whitfield. We can learn from the way they were, not doing the same things in the same way, but learning from the way that they used to apply things, the same principles. They used to spend time in prayer, studying the Word, etc., and uh, we need to go on and grow in the way God leads us as individuals, to follow in their footsteps. Verse 1 says, pay attention, really listen. How often in daily life we don't listen properly. If we told someone names someone's name, we can't remember it five minutes later because we haven't really been paying attention to what we were told. We need to really listen and understand the things God tells us so that we can move on and not have to be told again and again. How often it is that we keep going round and round in circles because we haven't learned the lesson that God was trying to teach us the last time round. Thirdly, how do we keep what we've gained? Verse 20 says, listen closely. Pay attention. Keep these things in your heart. It's not our physical heart, but our spirit, what we think, because what we think shapes the way we live. From this, our whole life is determined now and eternally. Our fear, our wisdom, respect of the Lord will govern how we live from day to day, as well as deciding our place in eternity. In verses 24 to 27, Give us some pointers to how to avoid being drawn into the ways of the wicked we'll just read them together it says put away perversity from your mouth keep corrupt talk away from your lips let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm do not swerve to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil so we need to first of all think about what we say don't lie or mislead there's no such thing as a white lie how often in business the truth is withheld to some degree in order to save embarrassment or worse or to gain the upper hand in something that's going on And the same is true in politics isn't it how some things have happened and then later the full facts are, are found out and uh, we find out that someone has to resign because they were economical with the truth in the, at the time. Don't let us be like that. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. If we say we're going to do something, then let's make sure that we do it so that we're honourable in what we uh, what we say and what we do. And what we do also applies in this heading how we conduct ourselves speaks to those around us we very often say don't we that actions speak louder than words and so often it's how we how we react to things what we do and how we live our daily lives that speaks more than what we actually say in words to someone secondly it's what we see what we see is very influ- influential on our hearts We know that advertising, etc., catches our eyes to draw us to a point. Otherwise, we wouldn't have adverts, would we? It was shown that if a message was flashed very quickly at someone, the brain took it in without even noticing and realising that they had seen it. The eye gate is a direct way into the heart. When I was younger in in the Sunday School class, I had a book of object lessons And the title of the book was Through the Eye Gate to the Heart Gate. And that's the way in, isn't it? What our eye sees uh, goes directly into our mind and into our heart. And once we've seen something, you can't forget it. You can't blot it out. It's there. So we don't need to, to watch things that we would be ashamed of if Jesus was sitting right beside us. We should be able to look straight ahead. Look Jesus in the eye. Remember how when you, you were accused of something, perhaps at school, and you need, you denied that it was you, the teacher would say, uh, look me straight in the eye and deny it. They knew that by looking straight into our eyes, uh, we could, uh, it told them uh, what was going on in our heart. If we look directly in the direction we want to go, then we'll not be distracted by things around. If we want to follow Jesus, then we need to focus on Him. Again, a chorus from the uh, the old days was "Fix your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face." And that's great, isn't it? You know, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, uh, we'll follow His ways. We'll follow His leading, and we won't be distracted by the things round about us. thirdly it's where we go the bible says make level paths or consider your paths consider where we go we need to be careful that we don't go to places that encourage us to wander from the straight path to the left or to the right there are so many attractions in the world that are seemingly harmless on the surface but which draw us away from the truth this may not only be in a physical sense of being in places, but also can be a spiritual one, where our minds and hearts are not on the path they should be. We can spend so much time on things that are quite legitimate at the expense of time we should be in his presence. We need to test the path to see if it is firm. Test it against the word. Is it something that would contravene what the Bible teaches us? You know, when climbers are on snowy mountains, they test the way in front of them with a, with a pick or a, or a spike to make sure that the ground is solid before they move forwards. If they don't do that, a false step can lead them to falling into a crevasse with its inherent results. A false step can lead us to falling into sin. So we need to check our steps to avoid falling into the traps that the enemy sets before us. It's so easy to go down the wrong way because it seems right and it seems good and perhaps seems enjoyable. So let's gain that wisdom that God wants for us. And I pray this morning that as we leave that we may have a deeper understanding of a greater desire for, a, for the divine guidance in all the aspects of our daily lives. Be wise, fear the Lord, and give him the position and the respect that he deserves. Amen.